Get deeper insights on the news from inside sources. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. As always, I am Boyd Matheson. As we continue to watch all of the battles brewing as it relates to social media here in the state of Utah, across the country, and around the planet, there's a lot of important conversations that need to be had in terms of proper role of government. What are the regulatory policies need to be? How do we protect our children? How do we make sure free speech continues to thrive and flourish? There's a host of things that we have to get to. And when we try to unravel all of that and make all of that make sense, connect those dots, we always turn to Shoshana Weissman, digital fellow at the R Street Institute. She manages R Street social media, email marketing, other digital assets, uh, along with a host of other occupational licensing reform, social media, regulatory policy. I have to mention Section 230. We'll come back to that. And uh, great to have Shoshana back on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, so give us some, uh, let's start with kind of the high level. Uh, obviously, Utah has been on the front lines on a lot of these battles with social media regulation, especially as it relates to minors. Uh, give us kind of the 30,000-foot level view first in terms of what is it that we should be thinking about uh, when it comes to regulations around tech? For sure. So basically, a lot of lawmakers are worried about kids online and how they handle social media and how they use social media. So they want to create age verification to block kids, um, basically anyone under 18, from using social media without parental consent. But the problem is to do age verification right in ways that would comply with Utah's law or other laws, uh, you have to, like, upload your government ID, your social security number, scan your face, d- different combinations of things like that, which are big security risks. And then with the law itself, there's just it- – it's hard to implement right, and there's a lot of constitutional issues. So those are kind of the big things. Yeah, and so let's dig into those in terms of how that this is starting to play out as, as states uh, in particular try to grapple with – that right level. And obviously, uh, the just the logistics nightmare of it, the security nightmare of it, as you said, uh, government ID and so on, we're uploading that. Uh, is that secure? What happens if that gets violated? That uh, seems to be uh, pretty fraught with uh, challenges in terms of how it, it actually would happen. Yeah, on the security side, um, one of the big issues that's really sad, and this isn't due to these lawmakers or anything, but social security numbers are leaked a lot. Like, there's a lot of social security <laughs> numbers you can find online if you want it. It's really bad, but it's just true. And um, and a lot of my information was leaked through the government, uh, uh, like Obamacare exchange, so I had to deal with that. Um, and also, if your government ID is leaked and other people have that number and that information, your face scans connected to your ID, there's so many security risks. And also, remember that these laws apply to TikTok. And Governor Cox has made a point that uh, TikTok can't be on government devices because it's a security risk. Well, even if by some chance we ban TikTok, how do we know that another platform wouldn't pop up with ties to other governments and say, oh, man, we need your government ID and social security number? There's real risks to be had here, and we shouldn't be encouraging people to upload stuff like that uh, at every turn. Yeah, no question about that. We're actually going to have a, a deep dive conversation on TikTok and the lobbying effort around that. And, of course, the fact that the president of the United States was on TikTok over the weekend, uh, launching some things campaign-wise, clearly targeting uh, younger voters uh, where they tend to live and be on uh, TikTok and other places like that. Uh, so as as uh, you were describing that, uh, I remember when you were in the middle of 
your information being leaked uh, through the Obamacare process there. Uh, give us a sense in terms of what that meant in terms of just your life and, and the effort that it took to kind of regroup and recoup some of that. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm uh, not in a great place. It's okay. I mean, it's not okay, but it's okay. Basically, <laughs> it's I just okay. have to pay for Experion. Yeah, yeah, I have to pay for Experion now. And they gave me, like, some time free of it through the government. I mean, air quotes, free. But uh, I bought the wrong plan, so I've been paying out of pocket for Experian. I have, like, mm-hmm. you know, my credit file locked. I have all these extras in there. And, I, you know, it, it's extra money I have to pay for this stuff. And, you know, what, what if someone's information is leaked and maybe they don't have disposable income to spend on yeah. securing their information that the government or social media companies have leaked? You know, our, we, we have a long way to go to make sure that our nation's cybersecurity is secure and also just individual it's both individual and as a nation mm. and i'm very wary of laws that are trying to to get us to expose more information and create opportunity for accidental breaches for hacks for enemy governments there's so much risk here around this yeah no question about that and uh, as we look at some of the the regulatory things that are being pushed forward or moved forward uh kind of walk us through the the balance point there Uh, in terms of kind of having some of that government control and regulation there uh, in terms of truth and and, uh, where we end up in terms of uh, censorship uh, on the other extreme? Yeah, so it depends on the regulation, but the government is trying to to change the way that we handle speech, both for kids and for adults. It tends to be more the left will we'll push laws around misinformation and disinformation, but why is our First Amendment protected speech? So you have to take that into consideration. And with kids, and um, it, it kind of varies the way people think about it. Some people are worried about kids uploading their own information online, um, but other times they're worried about them consuming information online um, and consuming too much of it in ways they don't like. But one thing that it's really important to remember is that the Supreme Court has upheld this for a long time, that kids have First Amendment rights. And most content online is social is uh, First Amendment protected. So when you try to block kids from access to that from a government perspective, not a parent, parents can do whatever they want. Yeah. But um, um, when the government tries to do that, that raises serious First Amendment concerns. And um, and it, it shouldn't be our goal to block kids from speech. It should be our goal to just empower parents to make decisions for their kids. Uh, I think that's so vital. The empowering the parent uh, part, I think, is absolutely vital. And the parents stepping up and playing that role, not abdicating that to government or schools or community. Uh, parents really have to be more engaged and lean in a little harder, I think, in terms of uh, what their kids are doing online and their role as parents in that. Yeah, I um, I posted about this a couple of weeks ago, but uh, as a kid, I was kicked off AOL for debating uh, abortion as like an eight-year-old. And my dad like jumped in the forum and was like, I'm yeah, my dad's like, I'm sorry, my daughter's eight. And, you know, then I, he, he watched my use a little bit more carefully. But I think it's important for parents to have that role, to use the, the tools that are out there. And I, I do wish there were some more comprehensive tools for parents. But um, I think the, the perfect solution is just going to be having parents in charge without requiring all these IDs and social security numbers and all the First Amendment problems. And I'm sad to say that Utah's replacing its laws because it wasn't doing so well in court and it asked the court to hold off a hearing. But I've read those laws and it doesn't leave them in a better place. There's some stuff in it I kind of like, like one of the bills encourages encryption. And I love that because that's good for security. 
but uh, the the bills are still very unconstitutional, and I'm going to have to be very unpopular again, and I'm really sad to <laughs> see that. That's it. We'll we'll still keep you in the state. Don't worry about it. You you, you still have a free pass okay, to cool. come. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just in our in our last sixty seconds here, Shoshana, give us just one thing uh, because all of these bills are complicated and complex, and they're going to have to navigate their way through the courts and all of that. Just give us one thing that you wish we were thinking about or talking differently about uh, when it comes to this kind of security and this kind of regulation. I think one thing that's missed in this is that there's really positive ways to use social media. I love using all trails, which would be covered by these bills. I love, like, mapping out all my Wasatch trails. Um, As a teenager, I used social media to figure out I have fibromyalgia when doctors were missing Mm. it. I also used social media to start my career as a teenager, uh, getting to meet politicians on Facebook. So there's some kids who need to be off social media and their parents have to make that decision. But I don't I think we shouldn't lose all the positive uses that kids can still have online. Yeah, absolutely. Great perspective, as always. Shoshana Weissman, R Street Institute. Uh, Shoshana, thanks for your perspective. As always, you always have an open door and an open mic here uh, in Salt Lake City. So we look forward to having you back soon. All right, that's Shoshana Weissman joining us from the R Street Institute. Uh, and she brings out some so many fascinating points in terms of how we go about this. Uh, there are some clear slip, slippery slopes when it comes to uh, First Amendment rights. There's real challenges when it comes to data security, especially that of our kids. Uh, but I think she nailed it uh, in terms of the real answer always begins at home. And parents leaning into that process, uh, parents can do things that governments cannot and should not do and we need to make sure that those parents are doing exactly that we'll continue that discussion much more to come here on inside sources stick around we'll be right back